Hey guys, welcome to the Wild PPC Bunch podcast. My name is Lazar and I'm a PPC nerd. I have over 10 years of experience in online advertising and currently I'm the owner of the growing Amazon advertising agency called Sellers Alley. And I'm Brent, the owner of AMZ Pathfinder. I started this company five years ago and we've been working in online advertising since 2013. Every week we will spend around 30 minutes covering one topic and it will get nerdy, I promise. We'll prepare a topic covering everything from PPC basics, in-depth strategy, and current trends. One thing's for sure, you won't be bored and you will hear insights, tactics, and ideas straight from two experienced agency owners. So strap in for the ride and enjoy. Hello, everyone. A couple of weeks ago, when we had Prime Day, we had 48-hour live stream. And uh, as you probably already know, we had a lot of guests, a lot of guests that are really well known in Amazon community. And we had a situation that we couldn't get uh, Brian Johnson. I'm not really sure that if, if there is anyone uh, like in Amazon world that doesn't know Brian Johnson. And we have a huge pleasure to have him today with us. So here's Brian. Give me just a second. Hi, Brian. How are you? Hey, everyone. Good nice to see you. So today we are having one interesting topic uh, that, that we're going to cover because I'm pretty sure everybody's going to talk about Prime Day soon and, and all that. But there is one topic that, that is really interesting that, that you mentioned recently, and it's basically about ad placements and it's about uh, using specific ad types to acquire market share. Yeah. Yeah. This is something that we definitely love doing because it's such, it's a huge opportunity uh, since Amazon rolled out the, uh, you know, the, the new set of ad types in the last 12 to 15 months. And so it's very underutilized by most brands, which means it's an opportunity for each of you who are actually going to learn <laughs> what those are. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like from our end in Sellers Alley, like we, we can see that that Amazon is working really hard introducing a lot of new stuff. That like there are new ad types, and also they're uh, revising what they already did with some some ad types like that are already there. Like uh, a lot a lot of changes in sponsor brand ads, and like Amazon was really busy when it comes to new ad types. Yeah, and it seems like it's changing every week, and they're they're doing a lot of a whole lot of new testing every single week. Something something different. So um, yeah, it's constantly moving anymore. Yeah, so so basically, do you think that it's going to be a bigger challenge for Amazon sellers? Like when when you, when you listen to older guys that are for years on Amazon, they're like, "Oh, it was really good back in the day when you can do whatever you wish and it would make a lot of money." But like when it comes to new uh, ad types and uh, more options to optimize, and like, is it going to be a bit more challenging, or like, is, do you think that people like lost? the ability to make that kind of money like as they say like they used to um you're talking about as far as like the old the wild west kind of days of of <laughs> selling on amazon yeah i mean it, it every platform is going to change right you, you've got to continue to adapt and continue to up your game if you will you know increase the the value proposition um you know, you and I both own agencies that are, that are well established that, you know, we run it. We talk to brands all the time that 
they they created something back from you know ASM two many years ago. <laughs> it seems like now, um, and they never changed it with their listing. And now they're wondering. It's like, wow, how come my market share just continues to dwindle year over year? You know, my sales just keep declining year over year compared to my competitors. Well, it's because they're eating away your market share. They're, they're stepping up and they're using. You know, they're they're optimizing their listings for conversion. They're getting the attention of the shopper. They're showing the value of their product to their shopper. And of course, they're using all the advertising assets that Amazon provides in order to dominate the space, get the attention of the shopper. And of course, they are currently taking market share away from that brand, you know, and, and kind of like you, it's like you probably speak to them pretty much on, you know, multiple times a week and you see it again and again and again it's the same story definitely that, that, that's a repeating story and also one of the things that are happening like if you think that you found that you found the right way how to advertise and like that it's like winning strategy like and people are used to like keeping that strategy and like not challenging uh, and just leaving it that way and that's like the best way how to lose sales like <laughs> for, for us like what i saw that like something that is working really well and made a lot of money but with really good acres and everything, but keeping it that way and like not optimizing, not challenging it with A-B tests, it always ends up having a lot of like other guys in the market, like taking sales from them and taking market share. You know, it's also, this is something that in, in talking with brands and in, in whether it's, um, you know, for, for the agency or for coaching or something like that, it's, you know, it's kind of the, the analogy of like the death by a thousand cuts. You've heard the story of, um, you know, you don't, if you're being chased by a bear, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to, be, you know, be the fastest. You just have to run faster than the people you're with. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense. For most of these, these brands that we see this all the time is because we go through and we do like a full, like, like a health analysis as far as like, look, what is your presence on Amazon? How are you, you know, how are you compared to your competitors? Nine, nine times out of 10, they're only using about 15 to 20% of the ad placements or ad space that is available to them because it's changed that much in the last, you know, year, year and a half. They're only using about 15 to 20% and their competitors might be doing 25%. Like they don't have to have 100%. They just need to be 5% faster than you. <laughs> You know, or five percent doing five percent more than you, I should say, um, yeah. in order to win, in order to gain your customer more often than you're gaining theirs. Yeah, definitely, that makes a lot of sense. Like uh, when we are approached by potential clients, and uh, when we check their accounts and do the audit, we see some common patterns of mistakes that are happening. Like there's literally a list of things that that we started checking. Uh, just because we saw that th those mistakes were repetitive and some of the, not like mistake, mistake, but it's definitely uh, a bad thing not to have certain ad types and not, not being uh, able to show up at certain like positions on Amazon just because you didn't expand on time and like using different strategies, like from defensive and offensive strategies when it comes to like ASIN targeting uh, campaigns are, are frequently missing. Like I, 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 I wasn't even aware that people are missing that the ad type, like any ad type that, that is using ASINs as a um, targeting method, but it, it's 
pretty frequent thing to happen, like especially like defensive ones when you target your own products. I don't know what what you usually see. No, yeah, it's definitely both because we look both at the offense and the defense. You know, um, what are you doing to protect your brand and your products from competitors? basically doing the same attack or the same thing to you. In other words, of gaining market share, uh, stealing is probably the wrong word because essentially what you're doing is you are showing that your product has more value to a, a shopper and the shopper deserves to have the best product that's available to them. So it's not like you are doing anything gray hat or black hat or anything like that. It's more of a case of you're just putting forward the value of your product and your brand better than the next person. And really, that's what Amazon wants you to do. That's what the shopper wants, because ultimately the shopper wants to have the best product they can get. And defending your own product listing as well as letting, you know, running ads in order to run, to let shoppers know that there are alternative options that have a higher value proposition um, on other product listings is a great way. You know, there's offense, there's defense, there's also, you know, like like your agency, we've got, you know, hundreds of different strategies that fit the situation right it's not just maybe what we teach or coach or something like that but the there are some where we go out and, and it's simply just like okay we're defending our real estate you know i like to use the analogy of um you've got you know if i if i bring up a product detail page and i show all the ads that are surrounding somebody's product detail page i'll say look at all these different ads that's like you know top right bottom, 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 you know, there's a bunch of them down, <laughs> down below, right? But that's as if you are allowing your competitor to put a for sale sign in your front yard of your house, your side yard, your backyard, and you're not doing anything about it. You know, at the same time, though, is, you know, coming in and saying, you know, I do have a better product. The, the shopper does deserve to know uh, about it. I'm okay running the ads on their product listing, essentially putting my own for sale sign in their, you know, on their sidewalk. Um, if ultimately the shopper is going to benefit, you know, from it, ultimately that's, you know, one of the reasons why we try to improve the products that we offer. Um, I know I certainly do with my brand. Um, you know, we try to, with each iteration, we try to improve it and learn from past mistakes and learn from what the demand of the shoppers are. Um, ideally though is, um, there's also where you can run, of course, you can run ads on products that you don't directly compete with. It is your same audience, but they're not currently shopping for your product. They're shopping for something that is either an accessory or complementary or a completely different product, but it's still your same audience. And how are you getting out to the, how do you proactively reaching out and getting their eyeballs back to your product listing, even when they're not currently looking for your product or your competitor's product. And that's, that's where it starts getting more advanced. But what you and I see obviously is most brands that we talk to, they're not even doing the basics of defending their own house, let alone gaining new market share by offering better value, let alone the, you know, the 10 other strategies that you could implement if you had, um, you know, obviously time, resources, knowledge, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And like the way how, how we like to explain to our potential clients is basically uh, moving it to, let's say, Best Buy and imagining like that uh, our potential customers is, is Best Buy and the, 
Best Buy's customer is is basically their customer, and like having somebody working in retail and offering different stuff in the retail because um, maybe Amazon is sometimes missing that like human touch when you have conversation between seller and the buyer. And like that conversation tells you a lot, like what kind of stuff you want to do, like upselling, cross-selling stuff, or like one of the things that that are frequently missing, like in ninety-nine point nine percent of the time in, in all of the accounts that we're seeing is um, other category targeting, like targeting something that is not inside of your category, but like something that is highly relevant to your category and refined further. So your product could be basically frequently in a frequently bought together section with that some other product. Obviously, you're yeah. not going to be a billionaire because you did it, but it would definitely increase your sales. There's a lot of strategies that, um, you know, you see this in, um, you know, in the different, uh, you know, chat groups and that kind of stuff. And, and people are saying, it's like, oh, you know, what's what's the best thing that's working now? You know, what's the number one thing I should be doing? Um, and, and it's not as easy as that. I mean, I could come in and say, well, right now, during this time of year, there's two go-to ads that we typically go to that produce really high results. And those are the product targeting ads and the sponsored brand video ads. Those are doing phenomenally well right now. Most of your competitors are not doing it. Are you... Or are you not? You know, do you are you great gaining the edge, or are you just kind of letting it happen to you? Uh, which obviously we don't want for you. Um, but I, I do completely agree. Is that um, you? You've got even strategies or tactics. You know, strategies like that where it adds on. Let's say it adds on five percent additional sales. We've got a ton of those. We add in, we stack, you know, we stack those together, you know, so that if we've got 10, 20 of those strategies that add on five percent additional sales. Some people might dismiss like, oh, I don't want to do that because it's only going to add on 5% sales. Well, yeah, but if you stack them together, what's it doing? <laughs> you know, yeah. you got a 50 to 100% increase in your sales. It's like, you know, it, it, yeah, it's more work, but don't let that stop you from, from making smart choices because, frankly, one of, the, one of the things I usually say is, look, and I do this when I'm when I'm teaching differentiating a product or conversion rate optimization or advertising is look at what your competitors are doing and do the opposite. Okay, it, it's huge. I mean, it's in other words, it's a huge opportunity <laughs> for you to step in because maybe it, it like if it's a lot of work for you to do something, that means your competitors aren't doing it either. Which means which means it's it's that much bigger reason why you should be putting in the effort extra efforts. In order to set these things up, a lot of times with the campaigns, this the, the setup is what was what takes the longest. But then once you get a setup, then you're just on maintenance optimization and just continues to run and produce sales, and your competitors continue to not set these things up so that you continue to gain market share. So simply just putting in taking the extra time to actually just, you know what, I'm gonna sit down today, I'm gonna put Six hours into just building as many campaigns as I can get out the door that have you know a variety of strategies, including product targeting ads and sponsored brand video ads. If that's the two that you have to go with, start with those because that is where I know certainly for our clients that's where we're getting the biggest increase in sales is uh, increasing the market share or the the sales relative to a product niche. That mar increasing that market share and that brand share um, is paying off huge. 
Yeah, and like what we hear from our clients is basically that they don't have the asset to create video ads. And the good thing and that some of them don't know, Amazon is offering a free tool to create video ads. It's not the right. best one. It's probably <laughs> like it's 1999 once yeah. again, but it's still something. And like you can take your phone and like record whatever. And it's still going to be better than not having anything. And yeah. like, it, it, especially in your niche, if, if nobody else is doing advertising on, of that type, like video ads, you're gaining a huge advantage. And one of the things that is happening recently, video ads are introduced in Europe. And in Europe is like even cleaner because like in US, it's more competitive market and more people are focused on new stuff. But in yep. Europe, like if you have video ads, you're probably the only one in your niche that is having a video ad. So that, that's insane advantage to have. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, if there's no competition, then the cost per click is really cheap, you know, and your ACoS. It's not uncommon for us to see in, in product niches that have very little uh, competition as far as ad space is you can get single digit or even, you know, you know 10 to 15% ACoS you know, and just like, man, I'll take that all day long. You know, there's some, you know, like we said before, it's like, there's some that, well, this only increased the sales by 5%, but it was all profit. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, let it happen. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, the, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I was, I was, was kind of curious, Lazar, do you want me to show that one slide as far as just kind of recap for people what the, um, you know, what some of these ad types that we're talking about, since we're, you know, kind of definitely, definitely. If, if you are able to share that, please do. So I can put it on the screen. Yeah. Let me go ahead and do that here. All right. Let me know if you can see that screen. Okay. Here it is. Give me just a second to close, remove this. So maybe like this is even bigger. So, this could work. Okay. Just let me know if, if, if this is better than, than like having us on the screen. I'm not the, the like prettiest guy in the world. So. <laughs> well, so let's, uh, so let me kind of, cause I know that some people will probably listen into this, just, just the audio only. So I'm going to kind of verbalize this a little bit here. So essentially what I'm showing here is an example of different ad types. These are primarily product targeting ads. And you can see that there's, um, you know, basically five different ones. There's five different positions that are showing here. Um, this product listing is for like a, monop a Monopoly board game. And what we can see is there's a top, um, uh, there's a top stripe. They actually call it top stripe <laughs> um, that, that goes above uh, in the place where we typically historically might see things like, um, you know, a sponsored brand ad, for instance, like a headline ad. This is a thinner ad that goes up above the product listing. The second one is going to be a another product targeting ad that goes directly below the bullet points or the features of a product listing. The third one on the right hand side below the in the ad to cart column down below the add to cart section there's another product targeting ad and then the assets or the positions that i'm showing the left hand side can show up in search results or product detail pages and those can be like a vertical skyscraper or like a horizontal um uh, you know wide 
placement. Um, sometimes and then, then those can be filled by different uh, ad types and different creatives. So each one of these, um, you don't have control as far as I'm going to target specifically this particular position. Amazon's going to be making the choice as far as where your ad shows up, or your ads show up in these position in this position or these positions, um, as far as the ad placement. But if you take the time in order to set up um, a mix of, like, say, product targeting ads, I would do it. If you've got access to it, I would do it in both, or I would do it in sponsor product ads, sponsor brand ads, and sponsor display ads. Activate product targeting campaigns in each one of those. And in those ad types like sponsor display and sponsor brand and sponsor display, when you have the option to create a campaign that includes creative or custom creative, custom image, custom title, um, definitely create an extra campaign for those that have the create the custom creative. Ideally, what you're doing is depending on where you're running that ad, you might have custom creative. This is something we do internally is we, we create multiple advertisements that have custom image or custom title that target a, a much narrower slice of our target audience. So that we're speaking, it's as if we're speaking directly to a specific subset of our target audience. We're not simply just shotgunning. But if you have never done this before, just set up one, make it generic, uh, create one that doesn't have custom creative uh, image or title, and then take the extra effort and create another one uh, that is a product targeting ad that includes a custom image and custom title, right? You can still make it generic as far as who you're targeting uh, that's searching for your product, and then worry later on about segmenting those to talk to individuals, uh, specific subsets of your target audience. Yeah, definitely. That's, to be honest, pretty common question that we're getting. Like, should we run uh, different ad types with ASIN targeting to one specific ASIN? Like, what's the benefit of it? And like, why should we do it? And like, should we do it on our ASINs as well or just to target other ASINs? But like, this is like really good coverage of, of like what you should do there and like, why is it important to, to show up on product listing page, basically? Yeah, this screen is actually part of a of a much larger presentation training presentation that I do for a workshop. That um, and no, this is not a workshop for sale. It's just like <laughs> what I've done for different groups and stuff um, that I'll present to, like private uh, Facebook groups and that kind of stuff that I'll present to. And so, what I'll do is I'll go in and, and essentially what I teach is how to identify what your targets are. Some things that are common that we look for are. Like even on this screenshot here, um, you can go after, you know, from an offense standpoint, you can create product targeting ads, again, across all three uh, ad types. Now, I didn't bring up demand side platform or DSP for a reason. That is mm -hmm. something that, uh, I think both of our agencies manage for our clients, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as far as self-serve. That works fantastic, you know, sometimes 20, 30 percent increase in sales, which is great. Uh, but that would be like the, the other ad platform. It's kind of like the fourth ad type, but primarily sponsor product, sponsor brand, sponsor display, product targeting ads is where I would recommend you focus your attention on today, right? As far as creating. As far as the targets, if you're targeting specific ASINs, there's kind of like what we were mentioning before. You've got the defense ads, you've got the offense ads. 
Um, the defense ads are where you have multiple products and you're cross-marketing your own product um, so that you have, for instance, you've got um, you know product A and product B, ideally not just child variations because Amazon doesn't like to show child variations on the same page or underneath the same parent. But if you've got standalone product, standalone, standalone product A, standalone product B, you could run, uh, you can basically target each other's ASIN and therefore you run your own, uh, one of your own product ads um, for your own product on one of your other products, uh, product listings. And so you're cross-marketing your products um, and keeping that shopper, instead of handing that real estate, that ad real estate off to a competitor to potentially take your customer, uh, you are defending your real estate, you're defending your, your ad space so that you're keeping your shopper who's already on your product detail page within your brand. They might be jumping between your products, but they're still within your brand, which is where quite a bit, uh, where we lose quite a bit of customers. If they go to somebody else's brand, it's hard to get them back because they might be doing a better job of cross marketing and keeping them within the brand. Yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. And uh... If do you want to continue talking about uh, product listing or yeah, well, like, as far as, hmm? yeah, as far as the product targeting, usually the kind of the short short version of this is I will take a look at what are if I'm doing an offensive product targeting. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm targeting ASINs that are of my direct competitors, so products who uh, competitors who sell the same product I do in general. Um, I will look at those who are my, I consider kind of segment those into, these are my weaker competitors, those that typically have um, a lower um, a lower perceived value, they have a lower um, number of review ratings, they have a lower, um, uh, you know, star rating, for instance, you know, as far as the review rating, maybe they've got a price point that is quite a bit higher or significantly lower Keep in mind is that shoppers look at prices that are significantly lower and they'll devalue that product in their mind because it's like, well, that seems inexpensive, but it's probably too inexpensive. It's probably cheap. Um, and so you can target either one and be a, a valid um, alternative or substitute uh, for that, that target product listing so that when you run your product targeting ad against say a weak competitor ASIN and I would I generally I start out with maybe like 20 or 30 I'll identify 20 or 30 weaker competitors in my product niche and I'll run ads on them and uh, some of those will will show ads and they'll work and and some others they will just never show ads because maybe they're they don't get enough traffic you know Amazon just doesn't think it's a priority sometimes uh, the next level on that is going after kind of your head-to-head -head competitors, those who have are comparable to yours, both in the ratings, the price, the value proposition. Um, you can go after them. Now, you might not be as aggressive in your bidding as you would be for those weaker competitors, um, but it, just to keep the cost down, you know, keep the ACOS um, low enough. But I definitely go after those. Um, you can find those from... Simply just taking your top, you know, where how do I find the ASINs is kind of a common question. You could just take your top converting search term, search on Amazon, what are the products that come back in the first 10 pages, right? You can go through and start collecting those. There's tools out there that will grab, you know, all the ASINs of every everybody who's in there. Um, you know, the Marketplace Intelligence and the Jungle Scout and the ASIN Grabbers and, you know, some of these kind of tools. Um, 
that are readily available that you can it'll make it easier for you to start creating this list of 20 to 30 target ASINs that you can drop into these product targeting ads um, and just copy paste drop them in there you're targeting them you're, you're you're active right it's better to get something out there even if it's you know messy and, and you shortcut it and you only come up with five i'd rather have you do that and get the thing live so you can start testing it and start seeing the value than to try to get it perfect and take a week in order to implement anything don't do that yeah definitely i couldn't agree more and one of the things that people are asking us in our agency is like should they place all of the ACs in, in in one campaign like should they have like 200 of them in one campaign or like should sure. should they like narrow it down and like keep like 20 or 30 of them per campaign like uh we usually don't put all of them at once but i would like to, to hear like what's your opinion like how would you do it the well ultimately i mean the I, the idea is fair in that Amazon does have a limited attention span. And so they're going to look at a campaign. This is kind of a common misconception as far as how it's done with keywords and product targets and that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, only limit, you know, you only want to limit a campaign to only have 10 keywords. Otherwise, Amazon won't show it. But then if you create 10 campaigns, then Amazon's going to show all the keywords across all the campaigns. It doesn't work that way. There, you know, Amazon very much focuses on relevance, right? Relevance is is key here. And so um the second part of that, of course, is you don't know which ones that Amazon wants to show. And so, uh, you know, there, there are tactics that we use to kind of advance that. It's not like we're, um, you know, we say a hard no, like, like oh, we're going to put in, you know, a thousand keywords or a thousand ASINs into a campaign and then we never touch it. That's not true. What we do is we first observe what is Amazon willing to show the ads for, which products, and are those products producing the results that we're looking for? They might show the ad a million times to a product, but if it never converts, then why, you know, just, you should discontinue that, right? When you discontinue that, Amazon will likely choose another one and step it up, right? So they're going to they're gonna, uh, pick a certain percentage or smaller percentage of the overall set. If you choose to then move those along or uh, to restart those in a new campaign, you certainly have that option, but there's a bunch of nuances that go along as far as like how you choose which ones to move, whether or not you create a new campaign or, uh, for the existing ones or for the new ones. So how you segment that is um, probably a little bit more of an advanced topic, but simply just setting them up so that you have like say, you know, five or 10 targets per campaign and you're creating multiple campaigns, um, that's, uh, it's a lot more work for very much diminishing returns. I know there's certainly like there's software that'll go out and create, you know, two, 3000 campaigns with one keyword in it by itself. And sure enough, and like you do, we get those kind of clients all the time. They're like going, that was a train wreck. I need somebody who actually knows what they're doing, right? <laughs> so yeah. sometimes that can work awesome. But uh, I, I like the fact that those kind of solutions, automated solutions are out there uh, because it means more business for you and me from an agency standpoint. <laughs> That, that makes a lot of sense, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, it's a huge headache. Like when we get to, to the account that has like thousand campaigns and each campaign has one keyword, that's a huge problem to optimize. Like yeah. we, we do a lot of bulk files from our end and 
Like, yeah. It helps, but still you need to have different like dedicated budget for each keyword separately and you need to track how much money is going to spend. And like if you go in the opposite direction and say like, okay, let's place and pump the budget like right. for each keyword yeah. that, that can result in something that you probably didn't want, especially in Q4. And especially with like not knowing what's going on this year with like everything in, when it comes to advertising on Amazon. And, and, and that's, that's definitely a huge headache. And we have one question. It's like, will this bleed money if our uh, converting search term has competitors with um, higher reviews and rating than us? I didn't well, know what... you're still going hmm? to optimize it just like you normally would any campaign. If that search term or keyword or target pro target ASIN, if it doesn't meet the, the the metrics that you would take action on that, and of course, I, I see that was from from. Uh, Viral Jane, he knows exactly what he's doing. So um, <laughs> <that> was, <laughs> he's I, just testing you. <laughs> yeah, he's actually probably, yeah, he, he knows what he's doing too. But um, but the 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 point on that, of course, is that you're still going to optimize just like you would any other campaign. You're simply going to go in and say, look, I know what my, the conversion rates are are of my products. I know how many clicks it takes where I should expect a conversion. If that doesn't happen within a reasonable amount of time, reasonable number of clicks, whatever the case is, then I'm going to reduce how much I'm spending on that target or I'm going to eliminate it altogether. It's basic optimization that everybody should be doing across all their campaigns. And Lazar, like you said, it's like, yeah, you know, we'll use bulk operations, we'll use, um, you know, software just to kind of help speed things up. We don't typically use um, the AI platforms for the reasons I mentioned before is that it's still kind of a young industry created by people who don't actually know the strategy as well as they think they do. Um, and Amazon continues to change um, the, the ad placements and the controls and a lot of the software doesn't um, yeah, Viral says test, measure, repeat. Said, <laughs> yeah. All right, I, I got you. Um, but uh, it's 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 not mature enough. It will get there. We certainly use um, you know AI primarily for competitive research um, and analysis and auditing. We don't necessarily use it to. We don't. We we're 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 uh, human intelligence heavy <laughs> in our in our agency we focus more on the the correct strategies and adapt to the situation um we usually we usually call it like hybrid uh mode yeah. like having having people working with some kind of tools and softwares that are helping on the other side because as you mentioned they're still not there yet they yeah, are going okay. to be but this is not the time for it yet. Like at least from our perspective in our agency. And I think I think it's not it's not like a you know like I'm it's not like I'm dogging the the the, the platform developers. I mean, I develop my own platforms too. But um, it is I think it's just from from our, our general perspective is it it doesn't it's not a one size fits all. Nobody should think that any solution or any agency for for matter is a one size fits all. It, it really kind of case of. Um, you're, you're, you may be in a niche that needs some special uh, strategies or special tools in order to make it work well. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and, and like you and I have seen, it's like we've seen plenty that come over from software, you know, automated software that just can't, just doesn't understand the subtleties of the difference as far as like the buyer's behavior and the contextual analysis and stuff. They do great at, uh, at technical analysis. 
um, and just iterating through. And I've seen some platforms that say, it's like, oh, we we optimize bids every single hour. It's like, yeah, you're an idiot. You know, <laughs> they shouldn't be, you know, they, they don't have a need to do that every single hour unless, except for very extreme cases where you'd actually have to edit the bid throughout the day because it's like prime day and you're in a very competitive product. That's the only time I've ever seen where that actually has had benefit. But anyway. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm a, agree more. <laughs> I'm a little opinionated on those, but um, I use them. I love them. But, uh, but at the same time that you've got to, like you said, you've got to balance the technology with the human intelligence. Yeah. Especially because Amazon platform is not working in real time. We ha we have discrepancies in numbers, especially yeah, in sales. Sure. And like, how how can you optimize in, in real life all the time and like change the bits every ten or fifteen minutes when you get information in seventy two hours? You know that that's that's kind of tricky part. Well, you know, and you think about it too, Lazar. It's, it's like you know, it, it's it's common within the community of like say service providers, uh, experts, you know, and agency owners, that kind of stuff is that. What you see in, as far as the ad data inside of Ad Console is not going to match up perfectly with the advertising reports, and that's not going to match up either to the the API data that goes to solution. They're all different. Amazon has stated, you know, it's like no, they're different systems. They're not always going to sync up. But we have seen, like, say, in the last few weeks, where the gaps between those have gotten pretty bad in some cases, and Amazon kind of partially acknowledges, like, yeah, we're researching it. But they haven't publicly acknowledged, like, yeah, there's obviously a problem with the ad data across these diff three different data sources. Um, and so now try to, if you've got everything that's based off of automation or, um, you know, we, we kind of have to balance, you know, we want to, you know, we might work in bulk operations reports, for instance, to do editing and analysis. But we also want to confirm, okay, how does this data look in these two other locations to make sure so we're also auditing the process to make sure that it's a valid, uh, it's a correct change too. That's, and that yeah. takes time, right? But, and I'm not trying to scare anybody to say, it's like, oh man, I got to do all this extra work. Um, although, you know, agency, agency, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, do all this yeah. other, other work. But I'm saying is that these are very real problems that we deal with on a on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, yeah, to be honest, I asked Sean, Sean Smith, a couple of weeks ago, like the same question. And he was like, well, if you know what you're doing and if you're doing it correctly for a long time, you're probably not going to screw it up for Prime Day, you know? <laughs> like, you already know like that, that that's not making a huge change is going to, to, to result in, in some really bad results there. So yeah. here as well, I, I know it's super challenging to, to work on on something that is not like 100% like precise, but it's it's definitely like if your previous results were okay, you're going to be okay eventually. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I don't know if you're the same mindset. Is that one of the things that I it, that I have gotten good at and I have a lot of fun with, and that is kind of the turnaround, and that is taking something, a product or a brand that is failing, and really identifying. Okay, where where have you been screwing it up? How do we turn this around so that you you know instead of you know the decline, you're basically turning around and going you know going back up again. So. We've gotten um, really good at that. That's something I, I love the challenge of doing that. And, and there's plenty of people we talk to. It's like, I don't want to even look at the spreadsheet. Like, 
don't even talk to me about that. It's like, that's too much. I, I've got to worry about whether or not Amazon's going to check in my 15 pallets of product or if they're going to dump it at some point because, you know, it's just sitting there in the warehouse. Um, you know, they've got bigger problems to worry about. So, uh, but I would say kind of the overarching message that we're trying to get across today here is you can gain, you can defend your, your market share, you can gain market share from competitors. Um, simply by just doing a little bit more than what your competitors are doing. And, and our recommendations here are implement product targeting ads across sponsored products, sponsored brand and sponsored display. If you've got those two, if you're brand registered also. Um, and then secondarily, uh, I would also go after sponsored brand video ads. Don't make a big production about it. You should not be hiring some agency to, to spend 15 grand in order to create a professional commercial for you. Uh, use Animoto to get something uh, up there with a slideshow and text that shows your lifestyle images and your product and making sure that you're showing whether it is your product listing, your, your ad, your custom ad creative, your videos, that you're showing what's in it for the shopper, what's in it for me to buy your product. I don't care about the specification. I don't care about your product. I don't care about your brand. I don't care about the features. What I want to know is what is your product going to do for me? If you can't clearly state that in your product listings, in your ads, in your videos, then you're not going to compete in the next year on Amazon. It's just it's going to get cutthroat that way. You've got to target. You've got to talk to your audience. Yeah, definitely. I think we should wrap up with that information. And like, if you uh, have some extra tip to share, and like you mentioned that you have workshop for people that are working with you, like how people can reach out to you and like find you and like get to to, to those kind of workshops that you're that you're yeah. having. Oh, sure, sure. Um, so, so I actually do. Um, I do a workshop every two weeks. Uh, this season, it seems like I'm doing them on a weekly basis. So I, I'll do private workshops, um, you know, where I'll basically just kind of be a guest, kind of like, you know, you invited me here. Um, I'll get invited to a private Facebook group or a training group or something like that just to talk on a specific um, topic. Um, and I'm sure you get the same kind of invites to Lazar. Um, mm -hmm. And yes, I do want to have you on my show as well. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But, um, you know, ultimately, the the like the one I'm doing, the workshop I'm doing tomorrow, uh, we promote it generally through my through my Facebook group, which is the Amazon PPC troubleshooting group. About I think there's close to twenty one thousand people in that one now, so it's, that's nice. It's grown over the years. You know, it's it's uh, that's a big community. Yeah, you know, it is. You know, I I do love it, uh, and the fact that it's focused just on PPC, I love um, too. So, um, if you ever uh, like have articles or something like that that you want to post up there, Lazar, just let me know. Um, oh, I would thank you so much. Invite you to be there um, as well. But um, usually, that's where where we announce uh, the workshops that I'm doing, and these are not um, you know hard pitch, you know, kind of webinars, whatever. These are actual workshops that I do um, every other week. And in fact, the one I'm doing tomorrow is specifically about differentiating your product. Um, so like in the search results, actually having your product stand out from all the, the sea of competition that all looks the same. Very common problem. It's not even a PPC topic, but uh, I, it's another thing I'm passionate about. And so I want to, that's something I'm, I'm teaching uh, in tomorrow's workshop. So. Um, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Well, thank you so much for, for being with us today. 
And I, I, I wish you all the best on the, on the workshop tomorrow and have a great rest of the day. Thanks, Guys, Lizard. I hope you liked it. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Guys, see you. Well, this this wasn't really planned to, to happen. And and like to, to have conversation with Brian. And like this not this is not something that we plan to continue doing. Like, I don't know, maybe if you have interest, just let me know, send me a message. And we're we'll be more than glad to have more topics in the future. So have a good one, guys. Bye.